0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The Food and Drug Administration and other health officials worry about an epidemic of teen nicotine addiction and e cigarette use called vaping. Here in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about this and other drug abuse trends in central New York are Michelle Kaliva and Lee Livermore from the Upstate New York Poison Center. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Well, let's start with vaping and the use of e-cigarettes. From what I've read, one of the companies that makes one of the better-known brands, Juul, um, they're required to show the FDA that they offer more public health benefits than risks. And there's news reports on Juul trying to recruit scientists to help them do this. So are there any public health benefits to vaping? Do you understand where they're yeah, going with that?
1: that's a great question. And uh, one of our toxicologists, Dr. Willie Eggleston at the Poison Center, uh, mentioned to me it's it's one thing to have an adult who uses combustionable tobacco and then go to a vaping device um, that there may be um, a better chance of less harm and less risks oh. because of the chemical changes from burning a product versus vaping a product. Um, but to have teenagers that have never consumed you know, any type of tobacco product then all of a sudden start using a vaping device, there is so much unknown about the long-term effects that uh, um, that can't be a, a, a statement that's used across the board for everyone. Does, uh,
0: is there any thought that it would uh, be a way to get people off smoking entirely, like they would taper down from cigarettes to uh, e-cigarettes to nothing? Yeah,
1: or- that's been the argument on the part of the companies that create the vaping devices and sell the, the juices and all. Um, but there's really not a lot of evidence out there that proves that that's true. Uh, Some of the evidence that they do show in very limited studies that um, people tend to use both of them. And in the places where they can't use uh, tobacco products, they use vaping products. Um, And for youth that start out with a vaping device as they get older, there's more of a trend for them to go to tobacco-based combustionable products.
0: Well, let me tell listeners, um, Lee, you're the public education coordinator, and Michelle, you're the administrative director at the Upstate New York Poison Center. Now, how big of a problem or a concern are e-cigarettes in central New York?
2: Well, we believe that it's a significant concern because Lee keeps getting invited to speak at the local high schools. Um, so the the principals of the schools, the administrators clearly see it as an issue, Um The the invitations are numerous and probably three or four times a week Lee is doing a program. Well, is is nicotine the problem? I mean, why are they
0: dangerous?
1: Well, um... They're dangerous in the sense as to they've been marketed specifically to teenagers because of the flavor trap and it doesn't have all the undesirable effects that tobacco does. Um, that uh, I think one of the major appeals with the younger generations is the technology aspect is that uh, the, the devices are sleek, they're attractive, uh, they can just pull it out of their pocket Vape off of it, put it right back in the pocket. You can't do that with a cigarette or a cigar or something in that sense, but they sell it on the flavoring aspect and the marketing in particular from Juul, which um, had been uh, cited for this, is that they use uh, the social media uh, to promote their products and uh, kids look at all the different flavors and how they name the flavors they make it attractive and interesting so that kids go well it's only flavor it's only water and what they don't tell them is all the synthetic chemicals that go into the manufacturing of it and it's that unknown piece is why i get calls from school districts all around new york state to ask me to come in and speak to the entire student body, or to speak to parents, uh, because they're the ones that really are unaware of what is actually in the product.
0: Well, if you listen to some of the kids who are vaping, they say that it's harmless, that it's just vapor. You know, it's not—it's not like cigarette. It's just vapor. What's the big deal? So there is oh. harmless or harmful chemicals.
1: Yes, when the chemicals have been analyzed and even some of the products that claim no nicotine... Um, in it, there still are traces of nicotine that's in it. But when you heat up chemicals, they change structures. And so, in some of the liquids they had found, it changes into formaldehyde, as an example, which is used in embalming fluid, or some of the other chemicals, which are humicants uh, that are used in hand lotions. And those products are specifically in there to reduce the harshness when they're vaping. Uh, In even the flavoring, the flavoring is legal to be used in products that are consumed, uh, that we eat every day. It was never designed to be heated up and then breathed into the lungs. So there's a lot of science that still has not been completed on these products.
0: And then you've seen some poisonings from the e-cigarette liquids too, right? When they've been accidentally ingested by little kids and
2: yes I mean um you know notably we there there was a case and I think it, it it was in the papers and the news outlets talked about it a little two-year-old that that picked up the container of nicotine and drank it because it's flavored so it, it's appealing but it isn't even just that case there's lots of cases where we'll get a phone call where a child has picked it up and and taken a swallow and nicotine is harmful to to kids
0: Okay. Let me remind listeners: this is Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host Amber Smith, and I'm talking with two experts from the Upstate New York Poison Center: administrative director Michelle Kaliva, and public education coordinator Lee Livermore. So while you're here, I also want to talk with you about some of the other drug abuse trends that you're seeing now in Central New York. Um, what are some, what are the other issues we've got going on?
2: Well you know, piggybacking on the whole vaping, it's not always nicotine that's in the e-cigarette devices. So um, I hear from folks that work on college campuses that ketamine is often um, in in the e-cigs instead of nicotine, and and ketamine is a very dangerous drug to use and misuse. So that's, you know, that's the other issue. What's actually going into the e-cigs? We know that the synthetic marijuana products are often, regular marijuana is often in the e-cigs. And that's a little bit difficult to detect. So an individual may say they're just vaping, but they're not just vaping. They're actually um, abusing and misusing various types of of drugs, illicit drugs. What is ketamine? So you know, ketamine is actually a very good drug. We use it uh, in healthcare all the time for conscious sedation. But when it's misused and abused, it actually can cause some pretty significant symptoms. A person can become very agitated. Um, they get disassociative effects. So they, they no longer can sense or perceive danger. So they may think they can pick up a car or they may think they can fly. So it's a really terrible drug to, to use, a very popular drug, unfortunately, right now to misuse.
0: Wow. Okay. And then synthetic marijuana.
2: Synthetic marijuana has mm-hmm. never gone away. It's still there. I think when we look at the emerging drugs, it's important to to note that certainly the the abuse and misuse of opioids is still present. Um, the good news that I can tell you is that we have uh, less deaths associated with opi- straight opioid um, abuse right now because a lot of people are being trained in Narcan. And we're really pleased that there's so many people out there that now have Narcan. Kits available, so we're seeing less and less deaths.
0: And the Narcan is used to reverse to re- if someone's overdosing to halt
2: that. and yes. Reverse it. Yeah, but it kicks okay. the opioid off the the receptor sites in, in in the brain, and it will reverse it.
0: But even though there's not as many deaths, there's people are still misusing.
2: And they're doing something interesting with it. They're using the opioids in addition, in conjunction with, let's say, cocaine, or in conjunction with methamphetamine, or in conjunction with some other type of synthetic drug. So now when they overdose, they're presenting with a pretty mixed clinical presentation. So they'll have all the the uh, stimulant pres- clinical effects as well as all the depressant clinical effects. So that's where we're seeing you know, really bad, sad outcomes. It's that combination.
0: That's got to be hard to take care of someone. You might reverse them with Narcan, but then they still have... Then you're still
2: dealing with the cardiac effects and all mm-hmm. the other effects. Yes, it's a bit of a of a challenge, and unfortunately, um, I love the summer, but I hate this type of year because this seems to um, be the time of year where people come together and music fests and and various activities, and there's a lot of experimenting, and it's those synthetic drugs, that like even synthetic fentanyl. And a whole host of them that um, are just getting passed around and tried without any real awareness of how dangerous they actually are. So, Lee, are we seeing this
0: at the music festivals in Syracuse and Central New York? Are we seeing drugs being passed around?
1: Yeah, you can find drugs anywhere at any event. And part of what Michelle is uh, referring to when someone talks about the drug ecstasy or Molly or MDMA. <laughs> Um, whatever they want to call it uh, those are some of the popular ones because for five or ten dollars they can get a couple of tabs or pills or capsules and they enjoy the music It enhances the music experience um, however it These are chemicals that are interacting with the brain and interrupting how the brain runs the body through the central nervous system. So they're taking a drug that they have no idea what's in it. And perhaps most of the time, the person selling the drug has no idea what's in it. And from the poison center perspective, we find out about it when the person presents to the emergency room.
0: So, and the person has problems right then, whatever, whether they're not breathing right or their heart is not beating the way it should be, but do these drugs have the potential to cause lasting damage?
2: Well, that's a good question, and I think that, you know, I say yes or no. We don't quite know the research on that. I mean, we really haven't seen, although when I talk to folks anecdotally, I will hear that, that, um, for example, those individuals that had psychotic events with the basalts back Mm -hmm. a few years, are still showing residual effects. So, again, still some research on that, but, you know, again, as as Lee points out, you're messing up chemical pathways and you're, you know, you're altering um, the brain function, and you would expect that there's going to be some long-term sequelae from that.
0: So what sorts of lingering, like, memory problems or...?
2: um... Well, first of all, what doesn't often go away without treatment is the desire for more. So you you know you try it and you experiment, and it feels great and then the next time you want something even stronger, those opioid receptors in the brain love this stuff and they're constantly looking for that additional high, that additional fix. So that's one component of it. Um, but again, you know people that have mental health issues or have underlining psychosis and if these drugs bring that out or lower the threshold, they could you know continue to have, mental health issues as as time goes on.
0: Well, let me ask you, um, getting back a little bit to the e-cigarettes, are there legislative actions um, in place to try to curb some of the uh, misuse? Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, One of the trends in New York State was uh, between the years of 2014-2018, there was a 160% increase in uh, vaping product use uh, reported by high school students. Um, when we look at some of the national data through the American Association of Poison Control Centers, uh, about 2014, the product was really popular and there were over 4,000 calls. And as of 2018, it was down to 3,000. Are people getting used to the product? Are they not calling about the poison center? Those are important pieces. Legislative action, New York State is considering banning flavoring for e-cigarettes. And there are 49 states that um, in the United States that have some sort of legislative action uh, towards uh, e-cigarettes, either banning the use of the flavoring or raising the age. There are seven states that the age is 21 to be able to be legally buy these products. And New York State is one of the states that is considering raising the age to 21 for uh, tobacco and e-cigarette products.
0: So right now in New York State, there's not an age limit, or is it? 18. 18. So you have to be 18 to buy the device, and I assume the liquids too.
1: Yes. Uh, and that's if you walk into a store to buy it. Um, online, we know that there's many ways to get around it. Um, you click a button, say, yes, I'm 21, and maybe you put a false date in. Um, and uh, where parents, um, kids will get gift cards, and they they act like a credit card, They use those to buy the products online so they don't have to, uh, you know, give up a bank account information or have an actual credit card. So we try to look at all the conveniences and then uh, there's always the popular, hey, how can I use this to buy something that I shouldn't be buying?
0: Well, well, this has been very good information from both of you. I thank you for, for being here. My guests have been Administrative Director Michelle Kaliva and Public Education Coordinator Lee Livermore from the Upstate New York Poison Center. Thank you both. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show Health Link on Air.